All right, Grace family, how you guys doing? Yeah. Man, welcome all of our campuses and those who are watching online. I'm just telling you, I am fired up about this series. I hope you don't miss one of them. We can't, we're coming off an amazing creative series, The Love Tour of Lily the Love Bus, and we talked about love and God's love and what it is and what it isn't. There's a lot of creativity. We had a big costume contest, a lot of fun, great messages by some of our other uh, pastors. Uh, and, and But this one, I'm just going to let you know, man, I, I don't have all this fun stuff. I don't have Lily the, the Love Bus with me. But I tell you, I have a straightforward heart to heart that I think we need to hear. I think it's one of the most important series we can do this year because of the context of what's going on in our world and how we live, that there's this whole thing about truth, right? I mean, when you use the word truth, everyone has their version, right, uh, of what truth is. And uh, so we're going to really talk about that a lot. In fact, I'll say this, it's so important because we base our lives on what we believe to be true. Our life is the sum of the choices we make based on what we believe to be true. These choices, here's, here's the big deal. Whether you're 12 or 82, these choices determine our behavior, our lifestyle, and what we believe or don't believe about eternity. So this is, this is huge. And so I really feel uh, we, we're calling it True North because, I mean, without True North, we'd be lost. I mean, can you imagine uh, in the old days we used a compass, now they use GPS, if North wasn't North anymore? And it changed, or one day it's North, and one day it isn't North, and one day West is East, and East is West. You would be lost. It would be chaotic. We, we, couldn't, we wouldn't know how to get anywhere. And men don't ask for directions anyway, right? So but I want to talk a little bit about this, this idea of truth. In fact, the battle for truth started a long time ago. The Bible tells us in Genesis, the third chapter, God created Adam and Eve, and he set down the boundaries and the truth, and he goes, Here's, here, man, I have this amazing life for you. Here's the blueprint for how to live your life, and God gave him the plan and, and gave them their purpose and said, man, live according to this and things are going to go great. How many know what happened? And we all know, you know, that what happened was one day this serpent, Satan, came. And the first thing he does, the first thing he does, it says this. Did God really say? He challenged God's truth. He challenged God's goodness. He challenged everything about God. You know what? Even today, we live with that, don't we? Even today, we realize that, that people continue to challenge truth. Is God's truth really the truth? Is the Bible reliable? Is it just a myth? Was it a, a bunch of people just wrote it? Is it and, and there's this challenge that continues from that day to this day on what truth is. And so we believe what we need to be able to encourage believers and that's what we're going to do the next three weeks. There's overwhelming evidence about what truth is based on God and, and God's word. And so, um, but I, I want to start with this. Um, this battle that we're in, did God really say? that? We, actually, we all believe in what we call absolute truth. All of us believe absolute truth. Now, in, in certain uh, context. Like, for instance, we all believe absolute truth, uh, and here's what absolute truth is. It is objective, which means it's independent of what you feel or think. 
It's universal, which means it applies everywhere. What is true in Tampa is also true in Taiwan. When you're talking about absolute truth, it is constant. It doesn't change. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't matter what culture says. It doesn't change. That's what absolute truth is. Now, I'll give you an example of absolute truth. In the field of measurements, there's a lot of absolute truth that we all believe in. Anybody in the construction industry, any of our campuses? Yeah. Can we, uh, there are any welcome to campuses? Yeah, I did that already. But, but in the construction industry, you have to believe in absolute truth or you can't build anything. See, this is called a yardstick. Now, let's just see how smart we all are. How many inches are in a yard? Come on, shout it out. 36. This is a sharp group. 36 inches. And, but but what, if, what if you said, you know what, I, I just don't, I, I just feel like it's 30 inches today. No, see, the, the 36 cents measurement is the same here as it is in Denver. If it's 30, it's, it's the same. It doesn't change. It's constant. It's not based on feelings. It's, it's, this is the absolute truth. If it's a meter, you know, people go by meters. I think that's 39 inches, 0.24. But the bottom line is there are all kinds of measurements that we have to believe in absolute truth. Or guess what? It'd be chaotic, wouldn't it? Think about it. If a yard wasn't a yard. Think about uh, tons. A, a ton is what? 2,000 pounds, right? One pound is 16 ounces. It's so important because so many things require precise measurements to build buildings. You couldn't build a building or you couldn't, uh, you, you couldn't build a rocket. You couldn't build a bridge if you didn't believe in the absolute truth and context of measurements. Think about it. This building, there were certain building codes that we had to follow to build this facility. There were footers that had to be a certain size to support the steel beams because here's the deal. The building codes, even though they're a pain for people in construction, they are meant for protection and security. There are certain thresholds that it has to be this, uh, there has to be these measurements. This is the strength of the steel. This is the girth. These are the codes that we have to use so that the building will not collapse under pressure. And so we see these building codes actually as, as a good thing. So absolute truth based on measurements. When you think, how about navigation? It would be impossible to navigate unless we had, uh, and back before GPS, navigation was done by a compass, which was based on the magnetic fields that never, ever changed. North is always north. The sun always sets in the west. So if you're going north, you're looking for the west, and, and they had to go by the stars. The stars are fixed in the sky, and they would follow the stars for navigation. There were so many things they did, but it was based on something that was fixed. It was based on something unchanging. It was based on something that was universal. There are other absolute truths when you think about it. How many of you do not, do you, anyone, can anyone see gravity? Can you see it? No, it's what? It's invisible. So do you say, I, I'm not going to believe it till I see it? I don't believe it, I don't feel it, I don't see it, so I'm just, so you're gonna get on a, a 30-story building and just jump off the building? I don't believe in gravity, I don't believe in gravity. Guess what? Doesn't matter if you believe it or not, what goes up must come 
So we understand there are absolute truths even when it comes to certain scientific principles that gravity is, is a real force. And uh, I wish there was a way I could illustrate that because I, I can tell you this, uh, there are consequences. Here, here's what I want to say. Man, if this is so important, there are consequences if we ignore absolute truth when it comes even to measurements or even to certain scientific facts. It's what's true is true. No matter what you feel, it's true. You can say, well, I don't feel, I don't believe in gravity. I don't, believe, I don't feel it. Guess what? Whether you feel it or believe it or not, you're going to suffer the consequences if you don't obey the laws of gravity. Now, I want to go a little further. What we understand is this, that our lives, your life, my life, if we didn't believe in these absolute truths when it comes to measurements or things like that, would be chaos. It would be, it would be chaos. You couldn't, you couldn't live. I mean, build, we would, the buildings would not be secure. We, we couldn't live without believing in and trusting in these absolute truths. Here's what we also know. The world, and I'm going to say this, and this is where I want to go with it. There is something called absolute moral truth. The Bible claims, here's, here's where the rubber meets the road. The Bible claims to have absolute moral truth, which is not what? Based on what we feel, it's timeless, it's constant, and it applies everywhere. That's what the Bible proclaims to be. Now, the challenge with that is some people, and there's probably maybe people in this room, but the world's model is not believing in absolute moral truth. The world's model is they believe that moral truth, here's where I want to go, is subjective. Now, what does subjective mean? Subjective means simply based on or influenced by personal feelings, taste, and opinions. See, it's, a person struggles with believing in absolute moral truth according to the Bible if it challenges or brings conviction in their current lifestyle. I don't want to believe that because I feel, and here's where we go with it. How many heard this one? Well, I feel, or I believe, or this is, here's this one. This is a real good one today, my truth. Well, this is my truth. It's funny. I've read all through the Bible. I don't see anywhere where it talks about my truth. And so what we have, what we're challenged with today, and what you're challenged with is, do I believe there is absolute moral truth. We believe there's absolute truth when it comes to measurements, but is there absolute moral truth? Again, the world's model based uh, on su is subjective based on or influenced by personal feelings, taste, and opinions. How I many you know that cultures, uh, major, uh, the majority opinion doesn't always equal truth? A lot of people can believe in something and it can still not be true. How many know that you can be sincere about something? I sincerely feel this way. How many know you can be sincerely wrong? How, how many would you agree that sometimes our feelings and what we think is very deceitful and can lie to us? And so to me, there's a lot of benefits actually to believing in absolute truth. But here's the world we live in today. This could be the headlines in 2021, and it's in First Peter, and there's a warning. It's a warning to us as believers. For every campus, this is a warning that I hope we would hear. Second Peter says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth. How many know we live in those days? We are in those days where anybody that would 
believe that God's word of the Bible is true, is ridiculous, they're shallow-minded, they're narrow. This, this mocking, this scoffing of the truth, it says in the last days, they will mock the truth, and here it is, and follow their own desires. So that word desires, you might as well put the word and follow their own feelings. Or maybe you could say, say it this way, mocking the truth and following their own truth. This is the prediction that the Bible makes would happen in the last days. And there are even believers, listen, there are even believers who, who struggle with, with trusting the truth and reliability of God's word. There's an attack from the enemy that started in the garden saying, did God really say, is it really true? And that's the battle of the mind. That's what we face today. Proverbs 3, verse 7. They're going to put it on the screen. It's not in your outline. Go ahead and put Proverbs 3 on the screen. There it is. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't be a wise guy. That's what the Bible says. Man, listen, we don't know it all. Don't, well, I think, I feel, and we hear that all the time. Well, I believe. We got to be very careful because we are limited in our knowledge. And so we have to, and here's another verse in 1 Timothy 4.1. It says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, here it is again, some will turn away from the true faith. Some will turn away. Who is he talking about? He's talking about believers. He's talking about people in churches who sang that last song, I believe, yes, I believe, but somehow something gets in the way of what they believe, and then their belief or the truth of what they believe begins to get eroded away, or they're tempted to believe things that aren't true. There's an attack going on. I'm going to read it again. Now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. See, absolute moral truth is not based on feelings. It's not based on majority opinion or cultural trends or what your professor at the university says. How I many you know that if you're 30 or under, uh, I have to say, there's been, there's been some real indoctrinations going on that are very anti-God and anti-the truth of God. And, and the more you hear something, even if it's a lie, if you hear it enough times, eventually people begin to believe it. And, and that's why I'm sharing this. I, I want us to get this. I want us to be encouraged. In the next three weeks, I want us to know that there's overwhelming evidence that we can trust and believe the reliability and the truth of God's word. See, God alone claims to be the standard for all moral truth. He, he, he doesn't, he's not a, he's, he's, he just, this, this is what it is. This is the truth. And the, the dilemma that we all face is the pressure that we feel. And there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure to conform, right? It says in the Bible, in Romans 12, 1, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Where does it say to be transformed? The renewing of your mind. And folks, I want to tell you something. Every person, including me, our minds are attacked every day regarding the truth of God's word. And the enemy and, and culture want us to, to judge it based on feelings, based on opinions, and based on cultural trends. And we have a choice to make. In fact, 2 Timothy 3.16 to me is the blueprint 
on really how we should live our lives. We all know this scripture, and it says this, all scripture, doesn't say part, doesn't say parts of it, the parts that I like. I like the parts on love and joy. It says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. So scripture is used to bring our lives in alignment with God. Because see, God's blueprint on how to live will really bring purpose and joy and fulfillment. That's what it's all about. It says it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. How many of you love to be corrected? No one does. That's why people struggle with the absolute moral truth of God's word. Because when it points out something that is wrong, that challenges what we live or our behavior, we turn into more subjective. Well, I know it says that, but I believe or I feel or my situation is different. And people begin to rationalize things instead of looking at the objective, absolute moral truth. It gets dangerous when we go that route. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I don't know, I hope this isn't true, but Gallup Poll, I guess it is true, said that people who call themselves believers, 40%, almost 40% don't believe all scripture is inspired by God. They, they like the multiple choice. They're multiple choice Christians. I love this part, but I don't like this part. I love the part about heaven, but hell? I'm not sure. Or I love the part about love, but money and and, and talking about uh, how I should live my life, and, 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 and the, I'm just not sure if I want to buy into all that. See, what I know is this, the, there are benefits to believing in the absolute moral truth. There's so much security when you believe in absolute moral truth. You know why? Because you know where true north is. You, you're never lost. You may know that you're lost, but you know the direction to go. You know where home is. The prodigal son knew where True North was at. He knew where home was. He said, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go home. The good news about True North, the good news about believing wholeheartedly that God's word inspired and God has called us to live a certain way, there is an actual security in that because at least I know what direction I need to go. Even if I'm not going there, I know the direction I need to go. And to me, there's another, uh, when I think about security, I'm glad about God's eternal, absolute truths about love, that God loves us with an unconditional love. I know it's hard for us to, to put that in our minds because most of us love conditionally. We, we love with those that love us, or we think that if, if you do well, then I'll love you, or I'll like you if you perform well. And God says, no, no, my love is not based on your performance. My love is based on my character and who I am. And what brings security for me is that when I come to faith in Christ, there are verses in the Bible like, therefore now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Because a lot of times, how many of you are like me, we can feel condemned when we do wrong or when we do sin because we still sin. Anyone sin besides me today? Okay, and so when, when we're in this struggle against sin, the enemy likes to lie to us based on our feelings, telling us God doesn't love you anymore. Look what you did. Look, look at that. And he tries to shame us and condemn us. 
Now, the Bible does say the Holy Spirit will convict us, but it's not about shame. Conviction always is to bring us back to God. And so when, when, when I struggle, I have the security of knowing in this infinite, boundless, unconditional love of God that fully accepts me, not based on me, but based on what Jesus did for me. And because of that, I can have peace and security in my life. So there are benefits to believing in the absolute truth because it always trumps what I feel. Because sometimes I don't feel God loves me. Or am I the only one? Sometimes maybe I'm not doing certain things the way I need to do them, but when I go back and I read the word of God, the truth of God, it, it, it brings me back to a place I need to be. So absolute moral truth actually brings security in my life. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, he is the rock. I love that. Think about the rock, something unmoving. It doesn't move, it's there. His deeds are perfect. The works of God are perfect. He's flawless. Everything he does is just and fair. We have a problem with that one, don't we? I do. In my, in my little world, in my limited knowledge and view of certain things in life, it doesn't seem like everything is just and fair, right? It doesn't look like that. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. He is faithful God, here it is, who does no wrong. God has never made a mistake. How just and upright he is. This is where, where we need to put God. We need to put him on that throne that... And, and if we do that, it actually brings more security in your life. See, here's another thing I think that, that as I just share my heart with you, I don't have to understand all of God's ways to trust him. He says that my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts because I'm a human being and I have a limited capacity of knowledge and understanding. I will never know all that God knows. That's why God's big. That's why we want to worship someone who is bigger than us, right? And so when I, when I think about that, I think about how awesome he is and, and, he, and I can't let my limited knowledge keep me from trusting God when there are certain situations or events or tragedies that I don't understand. I, I, there's certain things I, I don't understand. I go, God, how is that gonna work for good? It doesn't seem that that is just and fair right now. See, our limited view and our limited knowledge, it, it really shouldn't trust us, it shouldn't stop us from trusting him because we're trusting in the character of who God says he is. Now, let me give you, I don't know if this analogy works, can I try to give you an analogy that maybe there's certain things that you don't understand or certain things you have a limited view of or knowledge of, but you still trust in. Anyone ever flown on a plane, on a jet plane? You know, just going on United Airlines. Most of us have flown somewhere. Do you understand the intricacies and the full knowledge of the aerodynamics and the engine propulsion and what it takes to get that plane in the air? Does anyone understand what gets it in the air? See, one smart person. Uh, there's some that don't, like me. And, and, and we don't understand what gets it in the air. We don't understand how it stays in the air. But you know what? We get on the plane, even though we don't understand all the ways, all the intricacies, all the knowledge of that plane. But we get on the plane and we trust that plane. And I believe our relationship with God is the same way. We're never going to understand all of his ways. 
His ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, but you know what? I'm gonna trust in the character of who he is. I'm gonna trust that God says it. You know, I'm, I'm gonna trust and, and believe it, even when I don't understand. It's like, it's like algebra. You may not understand algebra, but it's true, right? I and mean, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, it's still true. I, I, I just, I want, us, I want us to get that premise before we go any further. And, and because I think some of the arguments people have is if I don't understand it or I don't see it, then it's not true. But yet we believe it in other areas. So I'm asking us to have open hearts. I'm asking every campus. There are doubts that you have, the fears you have, the questions that you have. God can handle that. He can handle your doubts and fears, but he wants you to have an open heart and open mind about who he is and what his word says. So it's real, real important. In fact, I'm going to... I'm going to share uh, a, an absolute truth that Jesus claims. But you've got to make the decision if you're going to believe it. And like I said earlier, you're making a decision based on what you believe is true. Jesus probably says the most controversial statement in the New Testament that if you went to your water cooler in your workplace, a lot of people would struggle with this statement that Jesus makes. And he says this in John 14, 6, I am the way. Just start there. This is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, this is pretty radical. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that's, that's pretty radical because we have heard over and over and over again in many different uh, venues, there's not just one way. There's many ways, and there's all, all roads lead to Rome, but yet Jesus says, no, I'm the way. Now, here's, he, he doesn't leave as much room. Understand that Jesus, you either he's a liar or a psycho or he's God. He doesn't leave room for anything else. You can't just say, well, he's a good moral teacher. No, he says, I am God. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And because he proclaimed that, he was crucified on a cross. He was nailed to a cross because he proclaimed to be God. So where does that leave, where does it leave us? Well, some of us have never, never crossed that line yet. So I'm not sure what I believe. Well, you know what I love about grace? It's a safe place to hear a dangerous message. Keep coming back. You know, every one of us are a different place in our journey trying to figure certain things out. But the Bible promises he who seeks the truth with a really with an open heart will find it. God has a promise. He, those who seek truth will really find it. John says this, John 8, 31, Jesus says this, not John. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, how many of you believe in Jesus all over our campus? Come on. If you're not, that's cool. But, but many, many people do. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you what? Remain faithful to my teachings. Basically, Jesus says, if you're gonna believe in me, you're gonna follow me. And if you're gonna follow me, you're gonna follow my teachings. No matter how hard they may be, maybe hard, we don't understand certain things, we're gonna follow him. That's what he wants. He wants us to follow him. He goes, my sheep hear my voice. They, they follow me. And, and, it's a, and it's a journey to follow Jesus. We're gonna we're going to fall, we're going to get back up, but, but we believe and follow him. Now, I love, uh, it goes on and says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
Man, I tell you, what a great promise. The more of God's truth we know, the more freedom it brings us from the lies we used to believe. You know, lies actually can hold you hostage. That's why I love that freedom class. It's the truth about who God is, and it's the truth about who you are and how you can get past your past to what God has for you in your life. But I love that promise that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, I'm still learning truth. I don't know all. I'm, I'm learning, the, but the more I know of God's truth, the more I realize the lies I used to believe and I don't need to believe them anymore. And God gives me a, a new way to live my life. So in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna provide overwhelming, and I'm telling you, it's overwhelming evidence. In fact, we have a bunch of books we recommend. There's so much on this topic we can't cover. Overwhelming evidence regarding why we can trust the reliability that the Bible is God's truth. I'm telling you, if you're a believer, you're gonna be more encouraged. You're gonna go, yes, I do believe. And, and maybe it'll help you to communicate more with your friends. That maybe you have friends that are not sure what they believe. Maybe you have agnostic or atheist. Man, invite them to come out. Man, I, come on out and hear this. Because maybe they've never heard this narrative before. They've only heard one part or one side. So we encourage you to come out. Some of you will have to choose, though, what you're going to believe about the truth. But we pray people would come with an open heart, with an open mind. But I tell you, you're going you're gonna to be encouraged when you hear some of the things we're going to be able to share with you, how we can trust the absolute moral truth, the inspired word of God. There's so much out there. I almost want to give away some of it, but I'm not, not going to. But go and, and look at some of the references. Here's what I know, too, and I want to, I want to kind of try to close with this. Um, and the reason I'm sharing this is because, man, my heart goes out to, to, to people who are maybe not at that place of belief because um, we live in a world so full of fear. And I tell you, man, God's truth can, and can bring so much freedom in our lives. You know, the number one fear people have is the fear of death because they're really not sure what's on the other side. But you know, we can be sure. Did you know that we don't have to, it doesn't have to be a mystery. In fact, one absolute truth we all have to agree with is that we're all gonna die. I mean, that doesn't sound very encouraging, but we're all gonna die one day. Absolutely true, we're all gonna die. The, the, the question is, the question is, are we prepared for it? You know, and, and the Bible says we can be prepared. Listen, if I'm a, if I'm a good pastor, if I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna be able to tell you the truth. I'm not gonna, I don't wanna lie to people. If you have a good doctor and you have a really bad condition that maybe it's fatal or, or, or you could possibly die, a good doctor is gonna say, look, I gotta tell you the truth of your condition. And the condition is this, but the good news is I have a remedy for you. I think I, I have something. I mean, that's what you want. And if, I, if I'm a good pastor, it can't just be about just hoping you all like me all the time. You know, if I'm going to be a good pastor, I've got to, I've got to share the, the truth with you. And the truth is that, that without Jesus, um, you're, you're not prepared to die because death, there is, there is eternity. And, and you need to know that, that the, the good news, well, there's bad news and good news. The, the bad news is the condition that God says we all are in. All men have sinned. All of us, men and women, we've all sinned and we all fall short. We're all broken. For a person to say they've never sinned, they're really not, they're, they're not being honest with themselves. And, and the good news is God has a remedy. God has a provision 
Should I even use the word? God actually has the best vaccination for sin. He, he really does. And, and, and it lasts forever. And it works every time. Every time. And, and this is the good news. And, 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 and it's, it seems so simple, but it's so powerful and so true. And it's in Ephesians 1, 7. They're going to they're gonna put it on the screen. Just bear with me for a moment, because if you're not sure about death and after death and eternity, I, I just want you to see this verse in Ephesians 1. You going to put it up there? Yeah? There it is. All right. Give a clap for my tech team. Yeah, all right. There's a little delay sometimes because it goes to the moon and back and all the, I don't know. I love, I love this verse because it describes God. Some of you think God's mad at you. Well, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't know. God's not mad at you. It says this, he is so rich in kindness and grace. And he's talking about you. God is so rich in kindness and grace towards you that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. Can you imagine giving up your son to die for someone else? Can you, uh, uh, this is God, his son. And he, he freed him with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. You understand that it's not what we do it's not our performance. It's not by going to church or being religious. It's by admitting that I fall short. I'm broken. I need help. I need a savior. And God says, I am so rich in kindness with rich. I'm so rich with kindness and love towards you. Here's the remedy. Here's the vaccine. It's the blood of my son. Because see, when Jesus died on the cross, the, the Bible tells us that your sin and my sin, my brokenness, my bad choices, my decisions, my rebellion was all put on that cross. And Jesus said, it's finished. It's done. I've taken care of it. The debt has been paid. There's no debt owed any longer. And through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, God adopts us into his family. And, and so I, I still am baffled to this day why someone would not want to take that step where Jesus says, come on, man, come on in. I love you, come on in. So I want to pray on every campus. I just want to bow your heads because I want to pray for maybe someone. It could just be one person, man, on a campus that says, you know what? I'm struggling with a lot of things, but I believe that's true. I believe Jesus is the son of God. People have been telling me about it. My grandma has been praying for me. I've heard about it. But I feel like I have such a long ways to go, Craig. It's one step. It says, come near to God while he may be found. And that can be you right now. If every head bowed, just pray this simple prayer of me. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. You died on a cross for me. I don't understand it all. There's certain things I don't even know. But I do know this. I've sinned. I need a savior. 
So Jesus, I invite you to take over my life. Give me a new start. Give me a new hope. Give me a new purpose. But more than anything, thank you for the gift of forgiveness through your blood. I believe. I accept you. Amen. Amen. Every campus, your campus pastors are going to come on up.